Welcome back to the JC Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Collier. we got a new type of show for you today. Uh, no guests, just reacting to the opening win against Auburn and previewing the matchup against Missouri. First off, I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. CJ's has locations in Fayetteville on Weddington and in Russellville on Arkansas Avenue. Online ordering is available at their Fayetteville location. CJ's has been voted best burger and fries in the state, fulfilling the motto, when all you do are burgers, they have to be the best. So opening today's episode, I guess I'll talk a little bit about the Auburn game. What went well and what didn't? Uh, what impressed me? What what the Razorbacks did that um, obviously worked? Um, what, what areas they need to improve on? Um, I guess I'll start off with some of the pros. Um, first off, uh, free throw shooting. Uh, the Razorbacks shot more free throws than they had all season. They shot 31, um, and they were 24 out of 31 from the line, shooting 77.4%. Uh, uh, going into that Auburn game, uh, the Razorbacks were only shooting 72% uh, from the line um, and only averaging 22 attempts. Uh, so the ability to create offense when your outside shot wasn't falling as well uh, by, by getting to the line and drawing fouls, also putting uh, some key Auburn players in foul trouble was a big part of that uh, victory. Um, Razorbacks also managed to force a lot of steals. Um, it was arguably, or pretty easily, the uh, most difficult uh, opponent of the season so far. Um, and the Razorbacks had the most steals of any game this season. They forced 13 Auburn, st- or they had 13 steals against Auburn. Uh, three starters each had two steals. Uh, Moody, Sills, and Tate each had two. Um, J.D. Note had four off the bench, and uh, Devontae Davis actually had uh, two steals as well. Um, I think he played in the neighborhood of uh, 13 minutes that game. Let's see. He played... 13 minutes exactly, and he, he, he played a big role. Uh, that's another uh, a good sign for the Razorbacks. You know, there were, there were 25 bench points uh, against Auburn. 21 of those came from uh, J.D. Note. Devontae Davis had the other four. Um, moving forward, it, it really is crucial that the Razorbacks have some sort of uh, bench production outside of Note. Uh, Davis stepping up. He had two steals and four points, uh, a rebound and an assist. Um, those stats don't pop off the page too much, but um, in the flow of the game, they were very critical uh, for the Razorbacks winning that game. Um, again, we saw Coach Musselman sticking to a smaller rotation, uh, especially with the, uh, the, the Justin Smith injury. Um, you really only had... Uh, five players playing key minutes that game. Uh, Justin Smith ended up only playing 12 minutes because of his injury. J.D. Note had 27, and like I said, uh, Devontae Davis had 13. Uh, Vance Jackson had 12. Uh, but your four key guys uh, out of the five starters, excluding Smith, obviously, uh, played your, your most minutes. And that's something... I think uh, a lot of people have uh, grown to understand about Musselman. He's not going to move that rotation. He's not going to expand that rotation really all that much past eight. Uh, I know there was some talk, and I was even uh, someone who had mentioned this uh, in the offseason, that there might uh, be room to move to nine uh, during the season. 
with with all the talent that was coming in. Um, but it has become apparent that some of the guys that were thought to be contributors just are not ready and, and are not playing at the level um, that was necessarily expected. Um, so they have not cracked into the rotation uh, like a lot of people thought they might. Um, that being said, though, um, if that rotation stays at eight, you're going to need, and M- Musselman and the Razorbacks are going to need more production out of the three that come off the bench. Uh, J.D. Note uh, did his part again. He's he's scoring a lot off the bench uh, for the Razorbacks this season. Like I said, put up 21 points against Auburn. Um, but even though he scores, he is not always the most efficient player. Um, and we, we saw that uh, against Auburn as well in the first half especially. Um, he ended up shooting 50% from the field and 2 for 6 from the three-point line. 19 of his 21 points came in the second half. Uh, he only scored uh, two points in the, in the first half. The ball was sticking in his hands a lot. Um, he was forcing a lot. And he was just not playing very well at all in the first half and in the early uh, part of the second half until he uh, finally turned it on. He's really going to need to play more consistent basketball, more team-oriented basketball um, for the entire time that he's in the game. He is a guy that can uh, come in and immediately take over a game, similar to to a Mason Jones last year. Um, The only issue with that on a team like this year is you have so many weapons that you don't necessarily have to have somebody who can just absolutely go and, and take it over. Now, that is it is a crucial part to a basketball team to have a go-to scorer. And I think Note does fill that role when the team needs it. Um, I just think the biggest part that he can work on right now is figuring out when uh, the team exactly needs it. Uh, late in the second half when he was hitting some of his big shots and driving and, and getting fouled and making these layups and and ones, that was when the team was needing it. Uh, there were times in the in the first half. It might have even been early second half. Um, it was a uh, it, it was in the second half, and I, I remember uh, distinctly. We uh, the Razorbacks were only up two, and Auburn was shooting over fifty percent from the three point line, and the Razorbacks finally got a stop. Note got the rebound, pushed the ball up the court with no numbers, and jacked up a thirty foot three uh, while everybody was still in transition. That is not the type of play you need right there. Uh, that is not necessarily winning basketball. Um, of course, later the game, maybe even two possessions later, he came and knocked down like two in a row from NBA range. So it is one of those situations, too, where uh, similar to a Mason Jones or if Razorback fans remember a Courtney Fortson and those types of, uh, of players, you have to take the good with the bad. Um so that might have been a, a bad shot selection in the moment and uh, not necessarily a winning basketball play, but if he is a player and a scorer who has that sort of confidence to be able to just dribble down the court, pull up and take it, if he misses that one and it's a terrible shot, but he comes down and he makes two more in, in, in critical situations shortly thereafter, you have to live with that. Um, and I think as a coach, Musselman is willing to live with that, and I think you see that by the fact that Note is coming off the bench. He's playing 27 minutes off the bench against 
uh, Auburn in the opening conference game on the road, and he scores 21 points. I mean, he played a lot of basketball. He had the freedom to take as many shots as he wanted. He got up 12 shots off the bench. He, he shot the second most shots on the team, uh, only behind Desi Sills. Desi Sills shot 15. So I think when you have uh, a guy like J.D. Note, uh, you, you just kind of live with that. And so uh, I, do, I did kind of want to get that whole uh, rant on J.D. Note because I was, in the moment, I was frustrated watching it. But going back, watching the film, watching him kind of take over and score in the second half, you, you, you take the good with the bad. Uh, another good sign for the Razorbacks is the fact that Connor Vanover scored 17 points and only made one three-pointer. Um, that, that just shows that he's not a one-trick uh, unicorn. <laughs> uh, he, he can score the ball outside of just shooting threes. So he hit the first one of the game, I believe. Um, I could be mistaken. Uh, no, I, I don't think he did, actually. But the, the first one he shot of the game uh, went in, and he missed the rest of his attempts after that. Um, but he was six for six from the free throw line. He had a few putback dunks. He had a couple of uh, offensive and defensive rebounds. Um, a couple of offensive rebounds that he put back up and got fouled on. Um, so I mean, just all in all, he played a really good basketball game, and he found a way to score uh, fourteen points without shooting uh, well from the three. He had the one three plus uh, 14 points from the free throw line and from inside to equal his uh, total of 17. So just the fact that he can do that uh, puts more pressure on opponents to guard him. Uh, you, you can't just force him to the three or guard him along the three-point line if you're going to have to deal with a seven-footer or a seven-foot three guy, as Jimmy Dykes pointed out plenty of times. Um, if he can grab an offensive rebound and he was showing some great agility putting those back up i mean he was he was getting up and just all in one motion seemingly just throwing it back down um it it was really impressive to watch and it was uh i i really feel like this game against auburn was a really pivotal point in connor's growth um a lot of razorback fans um probably watched his film when he was at cal he had a breakout game as a freshman um where he put up 20 some odd points uh in a conference game and they were uh, that that cal team is really bad um but he scored at all three levels again mid-range jumper he had some dunks and he was hitting from three um but i think you do that on the road in an sec game when you're not hitting well from the three-point line I, i just really think that is a pivotal uh point of growth for connor to be able to adjust and do it well uh, especially on the road um Razorbacks only had 10 turnovers uh, against Auburn so they they handled the ball pretty well um it was un- it was slightly under their season average they were averaging close to 12 turnovers a game only 10 against Auburn it's it's always good when you're under your average on on turnovers uh just because y- you always want to take care of the ball as best as you can um Assist numbers weren't great, um, 13 assists, but again, that's a positive assist-to-turnover ratio, which you'll take that any day of the week. Um, I think a lot of that boiled down to the fact that 24 
of your 31 or 24 of your 97 points came from the free throw line. Um, so you're not necessarily going to have a ton of assists when you're scoring from the free throw line uh, at that rate, um, especially with the uh, focus with the with the three point line with the three point shots not falling with the focus of attacking the rim, getting Auburn into foul trouble, um, and, and going to the free throw line. Uh, that was that was crucial. Um, speaking of the three point line, you know, shot thirty two percent, nine for twenty eight. I mean that's right about their average. It looks like on um, attempts and makes. Um, I mean I think for the season coming in, they were shooting uh, around thirty four percent, and uh, so the percent as a whole dropped a couple points just for the game, but. You still want to see those shots go in a little bit more. Um, yeah, coming in to the Auburn game, Razorbacks were shooting 10 three or making 10 threes a game and shooting 29. They were nine out of 28. Um, just just shy. But it, it always is nice. You look at some of the struggle shooting you had Vance go over to some of his, both of his attempts were kind of uh, forced. It seemed like um, if memory serves, I think one of them was actually in transition. He just pulled up pretty deep. It wasn't his shot. He hasn't been uh, hitting those shots all year. Those were shots that he did make when he was at uh, UConn and, and uh, New Mexico though. Um, so it is nice to see Vance at least trying to play with confidence, but those are also shots he has not made since he's been here. Uh, so there's two of your misses. You had uh, CV, one out of six. Moody was uh, two out of six. He started out hot. I think he started out two for two or two for three and then uh, missed the rest. But again, Moody was also six out of six from the free throw line. Uh, put up 16 points and uh, six rebounds. So he, he did what he was supposed to do. Um, when when his shot wasn't falling in the second half, there was a stretch at the end of the first where the Razorbacks were super cold from the three-point line, and Auburn just kept making everything they threw up, it seemed like. I will add, though, so the second half, the defensive intensity really increased, especially on the closeouts and stuff. I was not impressed with the effort on a lot of the closeouts in the first half. Um, it seemed like sometimes there was a hand in the face, or a lot of times there was a hand in the face, but it didn't seem uh, necessarily like a ton of great closeouts. Uh, full speed, hands in your face, uh, trying to contest the shot. Uh, even though uh, in the second half that that got better, um, Auburn still finished shooting over 50%. They, they shot 15 out of 29 uh, on 51.7% from three, so their their percentage didn't really drop even with the better effort uh, at least in my opinion um in the second half um and I had already mentioned uh not being a huge fan of Note's first half but I was a big fan of his second half um I guess last pro uh, before getting into the last con uh Jalen Tate um so a lot of the offseason one of the biggest I guess criticisms of Jalen Tate was the fact that he was not a proven scorer. Uh, I mean, he could. He didn't shoot the three ball well last season. Um, and a lot of people said, oh, that's because of his injury. 
you know, he's coming off a uh, uh, broken arm thing, I think. Um, but a lot of people were attributing that to his uh, terrible shooting performance because the season before that, he was a pretty decent shooter. Um, but there were, there were still a lot of people. Um, there were different college coaches from... Uh, uh, from that conference when he was at Northern Kentucky. Um, and Aaron Torres actually mentioned this on my show uh, last time he was on. Um, there, were some, there were some coaches that were potentially like, well, we don't know if Tate can score a- a- in the SEC. So he has taken that, and in his first game as an SEC starting point guard, he scored 12 points and shot five out of eight from the field. And on top of that, he's shooting the ball well from the three-point line uh, on the season. He's shooting 37% from the three-point line on the season. Granted, he's only shooting two per game, but he's still shooting the ball well. Um, and he's proven that he has the ability to score. Um, on top of being the elite defender that, a lot of fans were expecting and a lot of people were expecting him to be. Um, that was never the issue. Yeah. The, the real question mark was, can Jalen Tate uh, score? Will he constrict the offense? If you're going to have a pace and space offense with a starting point guard who can't shoot the three ball, is that going to hurt your offense? Well, Jalen Tate can shoot the three ball and Jalen Tate can penetrate. And he can still defend. So it, it is... He has only helped the offense get better um, because of being yet another weapon that this uh, offense has, uh, an unexpected weapon at that. Um, last con, Justin Smith's injury. He only played 12 minutes because of an injury, came back in and finished the half, and then uh, came out of the locker at halftime in a boot. Um, Musman said he was questionable for the Missouri game. Um, so we don't know exactly what his status is. Hopefully he will be okay. Um, he was definitely going to be a, a much needed part of the team moving forward, um, especially against Tennessee, um, uh, but also uh, against Missouri. Um, looking at this Missouri matchup, they are a very experienced, uh, team that have four seniors and two juniors in their main rotation. Um, but... They don't necessarily do anything exceptionally well. They can hit free throws at a high rate. Uh, before the Tennessee game, they were shooting close to 76% as a team. Uh, they only shot 60% against Tennessee, though. Um, they don't necessarily turn the ball over all that much, either. Um, they're similar to Arkansas. They turn the ball over around 12 times a game. Um, but they turn the ball over 20 times against Tennessee. Um, they can't really shoot, either. They on on the year they are twenty seven point three percent from the three point line, but their last three games they are nineteen percent. So they have really struggled, especially of late, uh, to shoot the three ball. Now that doesn't mean they necessarily shoot a lot. Uh, they shoot around twenty four threes a game, which isn't a ton compared to other teams in the conference like Arkansas or like Alabama and like Auburn who. Um, rely on the three and the and the driving and the free throws to be their entire source of offense. Um, they don't have a ton of size, but they do have solid play with their posts in uh, Tillman and Brown. Um, 
they have some sharpshooters, um, or they have a sharpshooter. Um, they so they have Mark and Drew Smith, and I'm pretty sure Mark is the uh, the sharpshooter of the two. He is yes, yeah. Mark is shooting 44% from the three point line right now, and 85% from the free throw line. Their top three guards are shooting over 80% from the free throw line each. Um, but Mark really is their only uh, three-point threat at this point in the year. Um, their other guards are shooting below 30%. Um, their forwards don't shoot it all that much, but they are below 25% from downtown. So not a good shooting team. Um, Pinson is a crafty scorer. He's their their uh, one of their starting guards. Um you know he'll he's a high volume guy though he loves to attack. Um, he'll try to get to the free throw line a lot. He shoots five free throws a game, um, which isn't a ton, but it's it's a fair amount. Uh, but he'll put up almost twelve shots a game. Doesn't necessarily make a lot though. He he does score uh, fourteen points a game, but he's he shoots thirty seven percent from the field, um, and he shoots twenty four percent from the three point line. So uh, it it just it feels like most of his points are on inefficient scoring and uh, making his free throws. So as long as Arkansas can not put them on the free throw line, especially uh, Pinson and the Smith brothers, uh, that should be uh, one of the keys to victory. Um, I really think the matchup and the style of play heavily favors the Razorbacks in this game. And so I I did come up with uh, three uh, keys to victory. Uh, Don't put Missouri in the bonus uh, early to let them hang around. Uh, They had games earlier in the year against Illinois and Oregon and um, Wichita State where they hit their free throws to win the game, essentially. They were 26 out of 31 from the free throw line in a three-point victory against Illinois. Um, against Oregon, they were 14 out of 17. Not a high volume, but very high percentage on uh, on making those shots. So, biggest key, even though they only shot 60% from the free throw line against Tennessee, don't put them in the bonus early. Don't let them get to the line and and hang around just because they have uh, a bunch of free throws um, and they have the ability to make a bunch of them too. Uh, number two, forced turnovers. Pressure really killed uh, Missouri against Tennessee. They had uh, they turned the ball over 20 times, um, especially when Tennessee would uh, hound their guards uh, as soon as they crossed the half-court uh, half mark. Uh, they tried to uh, do a spin move to get out of a trap, and then they would just uh, attack the, the guard on the spin move. Um, ended up forcing 20 turnovers and just really put them in a bad situation. Um Finally, make them play on the perimeter. They're really uncomfortable playing outside. Uh, they love to drive and finish inside and draw fouls, and they just they they can't shoot that well. Um, so make them play outside. It's not like an Auburn or an Alabama where you're trying to run them off the three point line and try to get them into that mid range area without fouling. You're trying to make Missouri play outside on the perimeter because they are not adept at it now they they'll they'll try to drive of course and and they'll try to get to the free throw line uh driving from the perimeter that way but 
Um, they're so aggressive, almost reckless when they do drive at times that, um, it should be a field day for guys like Jalen Tate to take some charges inside. Um, and finally, uh, fourth key to victory, utilize their defensive lapses. They really like to overhelp, over rotate and ball watch a lot. So they, they get lost. So, um, a lot of times there there should be open looks on rotations on offense and in, in the half court sets. Um, I, I really do think this is a good matchup for the Razorbacks. I really think uh, this should be a, a victory for the Razorbacks. The line came out today. Uh, Razorbacks are favored by six points. Um, I'll go ahead and say Razorbacks by ten uh, right now. Hopefully that holds. Hopefully. Um, that uh, that stays the case, of course. That would put the Razorbacks ten and zero with the two and zero conference record, going to Tennessee. Probably at that point would be a top twenty five uh, matchup in Knoxville. Would really be a huge game for both programs. Um, but yeah, so that that is uh, the breakdown of the Auburn game and matchup of the Missouri game. Hope you enjoyed listening to this. Uh, Be on the lookout for more of these. I'll be doing more um, game previews, more um, reactions to previous games, and and all that sort of stuff throughout uh, the conference season. Um, So, yeah, appreciate you tuning in. This is JC Hoos Podcast. I'll catch you later.